Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Shackles Are Up podcast. Ashes Fever has swept the nation and now everybody is a little bit down, aren't they? I think not because of the way it finished, I've got to say, um, but Chris Millard. There's nothing better than when an Ashes series is on. It's almost like, what do you do with yourself when it finishes? That's kind of how I feel. I'm not sure about you, mate. It is. It's like, um, well, the ending was great in some ways, but then... A missed opportunity in other ways. It has been a little bit like, oh, August has come, the height of the summer, the bad weather from July is hopefully coming to an end, and there's no test cricket. Oh, there's no England cricket at all, actually. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what should we all do in August then? Go and watch the 100? Well, that's an acquired taste, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a, yeah, on a bit of a downer for, for August. The ashes is over. As you'll hear from the Wonderful podcast we just recorded. I think the players are feeling the same way a little bit. They wish they had one more test. I think so. Um, interesting, actually. I mean, the, the, the hundred. I'm, I'm in with you, mate. I'm afraid. Um, I think when it first happened, what three years ago now, me and you were kind of keeping a bit of an open mind to it. I just, it, you know, and I'm happy to say it. I said it to you not too, not too many weeks ago, actually, on, about the IPL, and it's clearly a brilliant product. The IPL. And the players love going because it's just, I mean, they get treated like kings. Um, but the 100, I, I just can't get on board with it. Again, I can't find myself supporting the Northern Superchargers or the Oval Invincibles. I just can't get behind it. And that is, that, that that's not, I don't think it's completely crap. Just my own personal opinion. Just don't, just, just mm. no interest really in it at all. And some of the clips and stuff you see on social media, you go, wow, that's, that's great cricket or whatever. But mm, no, not for me. So, yeah, massive cricket come down. Massive. But, um, to be fair, the final day of Test Cricket this summer, you and I at the Oval, it was absolutely rocking. At one point, it started hosing it down. We didn't think it was going to get done. We thought this is going to typify the English cricketing summer, really, isn't it? Um, with England sort of trying to skittle through the Aussies. And, well, 
it didn't turn out like that. It was a brilliant, brilliant ending. And we're going to talk about it with Mark Wood, our guest on this podcast shortly. But how good was that? I mean, you haven't even spoken about it since, have we? Like, even just brilliant. on the podcast. Fantastic. A great day out. And I think it's the fair result as well by the end of it. I, it was just a, the perfect swan song. We didn't know if we were going to get a full day in. It was like very typical of the last few test matches. A bit of rain about, a bit of uncertainty. And then for the England lads to come out in that final session and for Brody to bowl the way he did, going out at the top of the game, I know we mentioned it in the podcast, but going out on a six and a wicket, like it was almost written in the stars, wasn't it? We we were chatting about throughout the whole game, what would you like to see happen today? Obviously England to win and Brody to take the last wicket. It happened. It was beautiful. It was magical. It was sensational. The only thing was that bloody Manchester rain. I know we need to move on from, but um, in my eyes, it's 3-2. <laughs> you were wandering around uh, the Oval. Um, obviously, we were taking selfies like I was there moments kind of stuff. And uh, some of the captions you were putting on social media was like, England have won the Ashes. England have won the moral Ashes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. But actually, it does feel like that. It does feel like that. Um, I know it doesn't to the players um, because they just gutted. But it is what it is, isn't it? I, I think everybody enjoyed it. That's the key thing. You know, at the end of the day, everybody loved watching the Ashes series um, and people were just completely and utterly obsessed with it. And that was on the previous podcast when we had a little moan about the weather and the way that the rules are and they're archaic and they could start earlier. And I was comparing it to golf and saying we could start at seven in the morning and get, we were both getting a bit <laughs> irate about it. Actually, <laughs> and, and and I think the whole point of that was is because I, I, felt, I felt it was just such a shame for cricket. Mm-hmm. I thought this is a massive opportunity that has been taken away from the game of cricket because of some rain in Manchester. I mean, how daft is that? Like, it could shape the next 10 years, and I was getting a bit dramatic about it. But actually, then, having gone to the Oval and seen that grand finale for Brody, and um, I think a lot of those concerns of mine probably disappeared. So, Really? Yeah, I think so. I think because so many people bought into it, and it was absolutely everywhere. It was all over the back pages. It was all over all the sports websites. It was on the front page of a lot of the Tuesday morning newspapers as well. You know, photos of Brody walking off the field and holding the ball and the celebrations. So actually you go, you know what? That when when it cuts through and it ends up on the front page and not just the back page, I think means something. Yeah, I think so. Particularly in this day and age when there's so much crap news about. So it's um yeah, I think that's um yeah, really nice. I think the concerns were gone. Um so, yeah, we have Mark Wood on the podcast. I'm sure that you've probably worked that out by now. I think we've mentioned it twice already in this little intro, but Mark Wood has uh, been good enough to give us a little bit of his time, and it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I actually don't know which bit to even kind of tease ahead to, so just listen to it because, <laughs> isn't it? How good, how funny is he? He's just so naturally amusing, but gives some really nice, thoughtful answers as well. Really brilliant. You'll really enjoy listening to this, people. He is. He's just got this wicked way of being a fabulous storyteller. I mean, when, when he's done playing cricket, I hope he doesn't go into coaching. I hope he goes into stand-up and just tells stories about his career. I think that yeah. he's, he's, definitely, he's definitely got enough. He's got enough from the last few test matches, never mind um, his whole career. So, no, I'm sure everyone who's um, going to listen to this podcast will thoroughly enjoy it. And like you said, there's so many moments in there. As you're introing it there, I'm just chuckling away. Thinking about some of the stories he mentioned. Oh, can you imagine sharing a dressing room with him? 
It must be so much fun. Unbelievable. I was trying to explain to um, my girlfriend yesterday who we were speaking to on the podcast. I'm saying, right, we're speaking to Mark Wood, you know, plays for England. He's you know, really, really great. Everybody loves him. Da, da, da. Um, and she's going, oh, okay. And I was like, right, I'll tell you what. So I end up getting up my phone out, don't I? I'm typing in Mark Wood funny moments and stuff. And we end up sitting there for about half an hour just watching videos <laughs> of him dicking around in press conferences or on the field when they take the huddle in the West Indies and he's on the other side of the field already at fine leg and Brilliant. Just loads of different things. He's so, so good. Such good value and a really, really genuinely, genuinely nice fella as well. I'm sure that comes across anyway, if you never really heard a long chat with him before. Um, Chris, when can England fans who are feeling a little bit like us get their next little injection of cricketing goodness? Um, because the Barmy Army will be able to provide you with that cricketing fix. We can. We've still got some ODIs in September. Um, we've got some ODIs and T20s happening. It's quite a chock-a-block schedule from early September to late September, so that'll be good. There's games in Durham, there's one in Manchester, there's one at Trent Bridge, there's a couple down south. There's a good spread of games as well, So, and we've still got tickets available on barmyarmy.com for those games. Um, be good to see as many faces there as possible. However, for a Barmy Army experience, you've got to look ahead to this winter and where better than Sri Lanka. We've got the Fans World Cup happening in Sri Lanka, which is just going to be in line with the World Cup. We're just about to finalise the date. We're potentially yeah. looking at doing it as a watch-along, including the World Cup final. Um, that's what we're working on at the minute. So four to seven night trip in Sri Lanka, very reasonably priced. Um, all thanks of Sri Lanka Airlines, our partner, who you've flown with before, Greggy, and I'm sure you'll speak very highly of them. But um, they've been great partners for, of ours for many, many years. And, and they've extended that partnership, trying to um, get some cricket back in Sri Lanka in line with what's happening over in, in India. Um, I just can't wait to get back and have a line lager. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, exactly. I forgot about that. I was trying to wreck my brain. I was thinking, what is it? What is the what is the lager there? We had a great party there, didn't we? Lion Lager yeah. did a, a big party in Candy. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was great. They laid out all the Barmy Army stash and everything. They had all these like little flags and it was great oh it's great it sounds crap now explaining it but it was really really good that party wasn't it um now um we are we are also going to the actual world cup so we've got packages on sale at the minute for the icc men's world cup in october november we've got some really cool packaging some of the best parts of india as well so check out barmyarmy.com to see what packages we've got left they are selling fast so be quick if you want to be on that tour to watch england regain the world cup and watch the man we're about to interview become man of the series after bowling over India in the final. That's my prediction. There you go. Good prediction, actually. Good prediction. Great, great tours uh, to be a part of. And like we've said, when it's getting a bit miserable in wintertime and you've been missing the cricket for a good few months at that stage, what a great place to go that will be. What an experience. Once in a lifetime, really. Um so, yeah, do check mm-hmm. that out, barmyarmy.com. Right, Chris, any other business before we get into Mark Wood? I'm sure that the listeners are, you know, no, you're all right. You've not got anything else you want to get off your chest? Laws of cricket, no? Not this week, mate. Give me another week to think about it. <laughs> we will be back with some more episodes as well. We're, I mean, look, all cards on the table. We don't know exactly who we're going to get on, but we promise that we'll be trying our best to make the podcast experience just as good as everything else that we do at the Barmy Army. So, right, we're going to get hey. into it. <laughs> hey, you like that, don't you? There you go. That's why That's why you pay me the big bucks. Um, <laughs> right, Mark Wood, our guest on the Shackles or a podcast. It is well worth a listen. So whatever you're doing, 
Put, put it down, sit down, soak it in. Mark Wood on the Shackle Rob Podcast. Woody, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. Congrats on a great series as well. Um, you look like you really enjoyed it. I did. Um, I was frustrated I couldn't get in earlier. Um, I think the Lord's game, I was, you know, they were want me to play that game. Um, but my elbow was just, I could have started the game without a doubt, but it was, they were a bit unsure and they were asking me, look, can you, you know, by the time the second innings comes round, how do you think you're going to feel? Like, oh, you know, I was like, well, I, honestly, I can't give you that answer. Mm. So Stokesy was like, look, we're going to give it an extra week. And by the time I got to Henley, I was literally chomping at the bit to get in, into the team and <laughs> yes. trying to make something happen. So I was really pleased with um, how I started. I think like that first spell and um, to get the wicket right at the uh, Kawaja right at the end of the first spell was, you know, really pleasing. And um, it settled me into the game and, um, I'm, I'm pleased I can make an impact. I think I was actually probably more buzzing on that game than the fact I had a couple of sixes. <laughs> <Blowing out else. laughs> um, but great to be back with Wokesy as well and, and share that moment with him. And that's something that we still talk about, like even now. And I'm hoping, like in ten years' time, we can remember the head in the game and we're in there at the end. And uh, love, great moment for the two. That was class, wasn't it, Chris? You were there, weren't you, for the head in the tent? I mean. Unreal. Headingly's special, though, isn't it? Really, in many ways, like it's just it's such a like awesome atmosphere, um, and to be there at the end, I mean, I mean, fantastic, fantastic. It's like the spiritual home that an Edgbaston, I suppose. I think it, it's iconic as well because of the history that's been there. You think of Bob Willis running down the hill. Um, you know yeah. that was actually in the back of my mind. Obviously, going back there and, and thinking of fastballers charging down that hill. The other end, I'm not a big fan of, but Wokesy pulled really well there, so we'll complement each other well. Um, it's a shame that, you know, in, in a few years' time, there's going to be no tests in the north um, because I really, you know, Henley is a ground, especially when we're batting together, sometimes you can get a bit like, um, sort of like in the zone that you, you blank everything out around you. But yeah. I remember when I hit the the six or Cummins, I remember feeling so loud, like the, the atmosphere and like the, the cheer of when it, because obviously... Me as the batter, I've got that split second where I think that's six, like you've got it, yeah. and then the crowd roar after, and I was like, This is awesome! But like inside, you're like, <laughs> play Cool, play cool, uh, it's absolutely fine, you've done this before, this is normal. But inside, I was like, This is awesome. Um, so, we were all yeah. thinking the same as you, mate. We were all like, This is awesome. What were you just before you went into bat there? What were you doing? What were you thinking? I, I reckon I was probably more nervous than you. Absolutely, you were not. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think a few things go through your mind. Obviously, the ashes are on the line, so that's the big thing. I think, you know, don't mess up. You know, if you mess up, the, the ashes is gone. Australia have won the series. Um, the next thing, of course, I'm thinking, right, if Brooke, because the trouble was with Brookie in, I didn't know what to do. With Wokesy, it was easy because I thought, well, I'll just play my normal game. Wokesy will back mm. it. But with Brooke, I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to try and bat normal. It's mega fast. The dong is in the head. One's about like my helmet flies <laughs> off. The guns on the stumps. So I'm laid out bare in front of the whole head of the crowd. You know, these thoughts are flying through my mind. But then when Brookie got out, 
it was much easier for me then to just be clear, right, this is what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And then try and take it on with Wokesy and see if we can get over the line. And um, I remember that was a, a great moment that me and Brody still talk about now. So in the dressing room in Henley, you have a little viewing area. There's the balcony, a little viewing area where it's like tiny windows. And then you drop down in the dressing room. And from the viewing area, um, I couldn't stand still. I never sat in a chair. Rudy was doing his back, sanding his back down. So I'm, he, he seemed really calm, but I was thinking, well, he's obviously doing that because he's a bit nervous. The sound of the, the sand of the bat was making me even worse because I was thinking it sounds like nicking noises all the time. I was like, I'm thinking he's nicked it. So I walked down the steps. I think, right, it's just, it's in the over. I'm just going to clear my mind. I walked down the steps and I walked into the room and Brody had his full pads on, not looking at anything on TV, just staring at the floor in all of his kit. And I sort of like looked at him, we both crossed eyes without like blinking or without any emotion. And I think he was a bit nervous and didn't know what to say. So he just put his hands up and went, I've got chalk on my hands. And I was sort of like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we just didn't, I think it was one of those awkward moments where we just didn't know what to say to each other because we were both obviously really nervous, like breaking it. And he, yeah, he just put his hands up and went, I've got chalk on my hands. I was like, right. Um, I'm going to go back and watch the cricket and just left him in there. So watch God knows how I can feel it. Yeah. That's absolutely brilliant. Have you thought about a career in sports psychology after uh, after you finish, Woody? Well, I didn't know what to say to him. I was, like, I was a bit like, oh, oh, right? I obviously knew he was saying it because he was nervous, but I didn't I didn't know whether to reply with, I've got no chalk on my hands. Uh, <laughs> just, just walk out the room. <laughs> oh my god that is so so good oh dear actually those are the moments aren't they that when you go you know like you say in 10 years time you'll remember stuff like that clear as day won't you Mm. so so good and it never gets any easier like I actually enjoy batting but I also hate it at the same time I think it's that bit where you're waiting the dread that feeling like when you're saying that you felt horrendous like it's it's that dreaded feeling I think of letting people down or, or, or not getting I mean, that's the first time I've been on the field. I've been on the field a couple of times when we've lost and I've had to shake yeah. hands. And that's the first time I've actually been, not bowling, but like batting on the field where we've getting over the line. And that was, you know, an amazing feeling. Um, I knew Wokes was going to hit that ball for four. I, I, I just got a feeling that when he was on strike and when he'd want to win, I thought, he's whacking this. I just had that yeah. feeling straight away. Um, and yeah, that was a, a, a lovely moment for, for me and him. He is such a good cricketer as well, isn't he, Chris Wokes? Like, so, so mm. good. And actually, I think because he's such a nice fella, isn't he? And um, mm. and you obviously got on great with him. But he, I think because he's so nice and he doesn't do all the kind of the razzmatazz and whatever, and there's not, because he's such a normal bloke, he doesn't mm. perhaps get the credit he deserves, I don't think. Because he's just, but he, he delivers every single time for England. And that was like case in point, I thought. I totally agree. I think um, he's dependable. I think that's the that's the thing about Wokes. He, whether it's you know bowling or batting or even in the field, like he's dependable. He's solid. He's you know he's just an all round good cricketer. It's not like one thing where you think oh he's a bit weak here. Like he's just someone you can rely on. And I think the captain you know loves that. And I think within the dressing room, I mean I totally agree with what you're saying. But in the dressing room, he's you know the lads know how much value he brings and uh, yeah. how good a cricketer he is. And I think. Um, the only thing that I would say about Wokesy as a, as a cricketer is that sometimes he's been, you know, harshly done by where he's, he's left out the team. So, but every time he's in the team, he gives his best for England every time, wants to, you know, he's not a big, like, 
does make like a big song and dance about it. Does he just get on with his job and delivers when when uh, when England need him? So um, great great player to play with. I'm not in a relationship with Chris Wokes. I can't confirm that. I mean, <laughs> after the Heavenly game, there was all these things about we're holding hands on the plane and stuff like that. And I am good friends with him, but I just like to say that we're very much happy in our marriages and that we'll not be getting together anytime soon. I'm glad that it's that's on the point. record. It's a good point though, Woody. <laughs> it's a really good point because I actually don't know an England fan or an English sports fan that doesn't fancy Chris Wokes. So uh, every time he play, more people fall in love with him. Is that the same, yeah. same case in the dressing room? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, David Saker just keeps calling him the beautiful man rather than Chris <laughs> Wilkie's fast bowler. He just says, great ball and beautiful man. That's all he keeps saying. So uh, I think the feeling's uh, very much mutual in every way you go. It was popular, actually. We did that balmy bingo event. You might have seen it on social media, Woody. And yeah. um, we were giving away cardboard cutouts. So over the course of the series, we probably gave away cutouts of i think we had owen morgan jimmy anderson stokesy all the usual suspects the stokesy one was hilarious by the way it was a cardboard cutout of him from the book signing wasn't it chris it was literally him <laughs> holding his autobiography um but yeah the chris wokes one was very popular in fact the last one at the oval there was people like please can we have the chris wokes one and the people trying to swap theirs and oh, i can't yeah you crack on you do you do you um yeah. we'll um we'll talk about Brody in a bit obviously obviously um mm. but just looking at that bowling attack, I mean, there's you, Wokesy, Jimmy, Josh Tong, Ollie Robinson, Matt Fisher, Sakima Mood, Matt Potts, Ollie Stone, Sam Curran, probably a few of the names I've missed out as well. I, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches really going forwards, right? Yeah, I think the you know the the future looks bright in terms of. I mean, England, I think historically have always had good fast bowlers. I think the fact that you're propped up by Jimmy and Brody for for years. Um, you know, for someone like Wokes, he probably if he didn't have the two greatest bowlers in the game, he'd have played a lot yeah. more. And that just tells you how good of attack we've had for a long period of time. Um, you know, I think back there, even you know, when Finney burst on the scene, he was you know tearing it up as well. So I think for a long time, we've always had people that can step in. Um, and now you know, I think when you're, you're wanting all bases covered with you, it's swing, seam, pace, left arm. I think England have got every one. So if we go to different conditions or, or different places, I mean, to win, um, even in spinning conditions, we've got lads that can turn the ball. You know, Leachy obviously spin away from the bat. We've got lads that can spin in the bat. So the win in Pakistan, Sri Lanka, these places, we've got ball and depth there that I think if there is even an injury or um, someone not available, that anybody can come in. I think the fact that we've got that, I think actually pushes everyone to be better because no one's standing still. Because I know if, you, if you're not performing, there's a line of guys behind you who are ready to to step up. So it's great that the coaching staff, I think, they sort of have this sort of like loyalty and um, the breed sort of like confidence in you, Is it even if you're not in the team. So even when I was in the team, um, that first game at Edgebaston, um, McCollum sort of said to me, you, you've got a big impact to come this series. Like, make sure you're still ready, be ready. So actually, even when you're not in the team, you still feel like you, you're ready to contribute or you're ready when they need you. Um, and I think all the other lads that haven't played, they'll still, they'll still feel that. Um, and everybody wants to be a part of this sort of um, era of, you know, Stokes and McCullum, which is, which is obviously taking off. Yeah, so, so good, isn't it? Chris, from a fan's yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, when you did make that impact, we've already touched on it a little bit, but I remember watching that thinking, wow, 
either like you've had a load of jelly babies before you went out or something's <laughs> happened. You've got a lot of pent up energy there. Is that one of the quickest first spells you've bowled? Um, I was asked this on interview and I think I didn't feel like I've watched it back since and there is, there is, it is a sharp spell, but at the time I didn't feel, I felt it was more the swing that was, yeah, that was helping us at the time um, rather than just out and out pace. I think there's been difference in the games where I've been able to move the ball or like just nip it a little bit or something. Whereas when it's been dead straight, it doesn't matter if it's fast. The best players play that fine. You think of like dog sticks, coaches getting closer, the amount of um, body armour you can wear now. The best players in the world on, I don't think it bothers them as much uh, nowadays. That's just my personal feeling. But I felt the the reason I felt threatened there was because I was able to move the ball. So if I move at a pace, it probably feels quicker anyway. So it was one of the... Better spells, I think, I've bowled. Um, trying to set people up by being sort of that back of a length, then pushing that one that swings right up there. Um, I tried to get Labashi in a couple of times, and unfortunately, he either like blocked it to uh, mid off or he played and missed. But I was happy overall with that. You know, I think it was just trying to bring some energy to the group, you know, charging in, trying to give mm. it absolutely everything I got. I mean, I hit the deck more times than any other ball <laughs> in the history of the game, I think. But just trying to give it absolutely everything I've got and bring that energy to the crowd, to the team, you know, make Australia feel like they're in a real battle. Um, and that's all I tried to do that first spell. And I was I was really pleased that I could come in and, and try and sort of lift the lift the occasion like that. What is the fastest that you've felt? You know, when it's coming out your hand, like pinpoint it for us. There must be one that sticks in your mind, mm-hmm. a, a spell where you've gone, you know what, that was absolute rocket. I think St. Lucia, the first five, I think because... yeah. I'd always felt like I had a point to prove that I was never really living up to what people expected us to do. And in that spell, you know, sometimes you can get on the field for England and you feel under pressure to take weight or anything like that. But that, I remember just that spell in particular, I, I didn't even think of anything. I remember I was so, I felt so like free and loose and, and weightless and you just feel like you just got such a spring in your step and that you're running in, you're hardly running. Um... And I remember a couple of times Rudy moved the field and I didn't even notice. And I literally, my focus was just, I could see the batter, I could see the stumps and I was just bowling as quick as I could. And I remember that that spell was probably the one where I think that's as good as I felt in terms of just um, letting the ball fly out of my hand and, and not, and almost knowing exactly where it was going to go as soon as I left my, my fingers. Yeah, yeah. Now, just breaking away from the podcast very quickly, because, Chris, I want to just flag the fact that our friends at Sri Lanka Airlines have been kind enough to sponsor this podcast once again. And they are a brilliant airline. But why should we be using them, Chris? What have you got coming up with Sri Lanka Airlines that that actually might be a big help? We love Sri Lanka as a nation, the Barmy Army, and we love um, Sri Lanka Airlines as a partner, being partner of ours since 2013. Ever since I've been at the company, we've always been in partnership with them in, in some capacity. So they've really helped us along the way. And um, they've extended that once more. We've got the Fans World Cup happening there in November time, which is going to be a fantastic experience where players, if you want to play, get to play at goal four. Um, watch, the, watch potentially the World Cup final with like-minded fans and stay in a five-star hotel um, for four to seven nights. And it's going to be really, really affordable. Um, we're working to just finalise the package with Sri Lanka Airlines at the minute, but they've been kind enough to sponsor the, the packages for that um, and this podcast. But we're, um, we're we're looking forward to going back to Sri Lanka um, after the 
or ju- just after the actual World Cup. So it's going to be a great experience with everyone back in Sri Lanka, enjoying the wonderful festivities and the hospitality of um, the gorgeous country, especially Gaul, is where we'll be. Amazing. It is one of the best places that you can go and visit in anything to do with cricket. Just my opinion. Also Chris's opinion. Also the opinion of many. But Sri Lanka Airlines, thank you very much. Definitely be sure to check that one out. Now back to the podcast. Um, You were talking about getting the crowd going as well when you are bowling a fast spell like you did. Um, Well, like you have done all series, to be fair, since you came in. Um, the Aussies, do you feel that they, I don't know, do you feel like they they get a bit of a sense of when the English crowd's getting excited? Do they? Do you feel like it's suffocating them a little bit? Um, I, well, it's got. I think it's got to because you know at, at times when uh, the crowds up and stuff like you know, even as an English player, I know how it affects me, and that you know it gives me an extra boost. I'm then running in harder. You know, I'm thinking, right, this the crowd's like, oh, and this body thinking, right, come on, you know, and I'm revving it up because it, it actually, so if you think of that all the way around, it must make you, you know, a little bit tense or a little bit um, apprehensive maybe to get into the ball or something. I mean, there's some players who, you know, would be a bit, I mean, I guess thrive in that situation. I think Stokesy, for example, I think he likes that backs up against the wall. Like everyone's, get, I think he plays better like that. But Johnny as well, um, when he's under criticism or, um, he's in the lines day, and I actually think that brings the best out of him. But I think Australia in general, you know, I'm just thinking of some of the characters. Kawaja's quite a, a calm character, so I, I doubt that he seems to be in his own little bubble when he's batting and, and not much bothers him. But um, I'm sure that's this, the Henley crowd must have affected, you know, Kerry a little bit. I mean, after the Lord's incident, you know, he had that many people shouting um, purely at him. I mean, I think if that if that had just like been me, how much mm. that you know you're trying as much as you can block it out. There's no way you can block that amount of noise out. So I'm sure that must have been tough for him. Yeah, I was um, watching something on Brody actually the other day, and um, he was saying that when he's had stick down in Australia or whatever, he said if he kind of was listening to them calling him or whatever. He would, if it was on mass, it was all right. But he said, as soon as he started looking into the crowd and seeing individual people doing it, that's when it really started getting to him. He said, naturally, he just sort of tried to see the funny side and got back in his hotel room. By the end of the night, he was actually singing the songs that they were singing to him to himself. Uh, that's one way of dealing with it. Um, I thought, I think when I'm when I've got in Australia in the crowd, like when you first get this, because I obviously have fight leg a lot. When you first get the fight leg, it's just like a volley. So it's just like you actually think that it would be bad, but it's so like, rah, 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 rah. So you can't actually get anything because it's just with 50 people screaming at you. So it's just, it's just noise. It's like, a, like, a, just a, like a cackle. And yeah. then it, the, it's, I sort of imagine what it would probably be like for like a Premier League goalkeeper. When a goalkeeper goes in front of a Premier League game and there's thousands of people, you're not hearing a thing. But then when you play the non-league game and there's five people in the front row, you hear that one bloke the whole time, <laughs> oh, yeah, this, yeah, that. And you're like, oh, God, this guy's doing my head. So it's probably a bit like that, whereas, you know, if there's one Aussie guy who's giving you a stick and the rest of them are quiet, you're probably picking up on it. But when they're all going at you, it's just... <laughs> Happy days. So you're just like, oh, I'll just deal with this. No, no point uh, trying to fight it. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is next time you go to I don't know the Gabba or whatever <laughs> you, you've got to just encourage you give it to me all of yeah, you give it to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> all at once <laughs> yeah I think 
it's, you know, you think about like effect the noise affecting players, but I think with the Barmy Army and and certainly um, Edgebaston in particular, um, and Henley as well, I think because the English sort of have a witty sort of way of doing it and songs and things like that, I think it, it actually comes across quite well. Um, I've never really had a, a witty song yet from an Australian <laughs> when I've gone to the Gabba or anything like that. It's just sort of telling them, they just sort of tell us how, how, how good the thing I am, which isn't very good according to them. Um, and but Nathan, So Nathan Lyon, he was on your side to start with at the Hollies. And I know a second innings, he'd gone to the other side. And he bottled it, didn't he? It was just pure, like, <laughs> the songs. And eventually, he's just like, uh, he got home and I was like, I can't, I've had enough of this. Travis Head, you go on that side. Second innings, I'm having that side. In fairness um, to Travis yeah. Head, he, he he absolutely embraced it. At every interval, he came sprinting over. And he, he was yeah. almost like he, he got the respect of the crowd by the end of the day because he was, like, yeah. embracing it. But, um, yeah. yeah, I'd hate to be uh, Warner or Smith coming to the Hollies. Like, I know they mm. come over for a half an hour now and then, but they do cop it. <laughs> mm. I thought Nathan Lyon actually got a, got a good, like, for, like, there was a whole session where every time you went there, that same song was being sung with... Uh, Comparing them to Mo and Ali, and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, to be fair, like you stuck at it well. <laughs> I thought at one point you might get sick, but you, you stuck at it every time you worked on. <laughs> what a polite way to put that song, comparing him to Mo and Ali. Comparing yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, Go back to Brody then. Um, Chris and I were there on Monday. In fact, we saw you, didn't we, in the in the dressing room afterwards? That was nice. Um, but they. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about knowing that Wokes he was going to crash that one for four at Headingley. We knew you just knew that he was going to take those final couple of poles, didn't you? At the Oval, like you just got that feeling. I know it's easy to say it in after timing, but you just knew, Woody. Uh, I was I was pleading with him to get him because Stokesy told me to warm up about five times, um, <laughs> and I was like, "Come on, this is the script, Brody. This is your script. Stop doing this to me. I don't want this. You're the man to do this." Um, I had a, a bit of a bruised heel on the outside of my foot. And, you know, I was thinking, Brody, please, for the sake of me and my bruised heel, just get these last two wickets, get yeah. the win, and we can get off this field. And, uh, you know, the script couldn't have been any better for him, I think. As soon as... Um, the, the the thing for me was the, was the bail change, because there is no way... I mean, I sort of get it. Oh, it's a bit like... Um, of a coincidence the first time he did it when then I got the when Labashin and Rudy took that great catch but when he was bowling he chid and then the very next ball again I mean that is just spooky right it's what, like, what, that just me are you guys going to no, carry that on by the way are you going to you know now he's no nah, he's got the magic spooky touch I mean I'm staying well away from anything <laughs> like that I'm now on a kind of night with a full night's sleep I don't know what he's doing <laughs> tonight some food and he's got going on in room. but let me tell you I'm late at 11 and I want that full eight hours so he can do whatever he wants with any bills or how he wants, but I'm going straight to sleep. I don't want any of this voodoo stuff. If you're listening, I don't want any of it. No bills, nothing. <laughs> Quality. I was spooky, man. But I'm so pleased for him that um, that he that he got that moment, you know, to, to have the career he's had, and you know, sign off like that, and in front of you, like his home crowd and, and the biggest series one that he's. You know, thrived in over the years. Um, it, was, it was quite like emotional, really. I mean, the only, the only thing that was different for me is I was in fine leg to obviously both left handers. When he got the wicket, he took off towards sort of mid off and long off. So that was the furthest point away from me. And on my way to celebrate with Brody, 
across Johnny Best, or who was the man who took the catch, who's thrown the ball up in the air and then caught it. And when we got the last wicket, obviously everyone's going mental and celebrating with Brody, apart from Johnny. Johnny's on my sort of path. And Johnny was punching the air towards the Australian fans in the corner. I was like, come on, Johnny, let's just cancel. Trying to grab them. Leave them. Leave them. It's all right. So sort of like fist pumping the air towards their whole section. Um, Legend. But uh, that's what, uh, that you know, that last sort of bit for him, I'm sure that, you know, it'll live on. You know, as long as he, as long as he remember he, to to say that he hit his last ball for six and got a wicket. Took a wicket ball, I mean, he's got to tell everybody that at the end of time, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't do that, wouldn't you? To be fair, so so mm. cool. Um, completed it, Annie. Just completed mm. Test cricket. Thanks mm. for coming. What's next? <laughs> yeah, it'll be he's one of those um, one of those people though. Sorry. He'll be good at, good at whatever he does though. Annoyingly, but yeah, hundred oh, percent. Woody, were you were you surprised when he told you? I was because he told us in such a blase way. We were sat in the bus, got to the ground before he told the, all the players. I think he must have he must have told Jimmy Stokesy and Rooty by that point. And I'm I sit at the very back of the bus on the right side, and he sits on the very back of the bus at the left side. So as we were getting off, he just turned around. And he went, "Cheers, that's me done." And I was just like, like shook his hand. And he said another couple of like really nice words, but that was how he started it. It was just, and then cheers, I'm done. And then he said a couple of nice words. I was just a bit like, I remember I kept saying, are you taking a piss? Are you joking? <laughs> like thinking, like, this isn't funny. Like, I didn't, I'm, I didn't get the punchline here. Like, what, what? And he kept, I kept, I must have said that three or four times of, are you joking? You're taking a piss, aren't you? And he just was just like, no, 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 honestly, I, I, I'm done. I just didn't. Obviously, with him and Jimmy, they've played for so long, and I know they get they have to answer questions on it all the time. But I just never, you just never see it coming, or you never no. think of it because they're just. It's not like they're not performing or anything. You know what I mean? So, um, I, it was a bit of a shock to me, to be honest, when he when he said. I so I understand that he wants to go out at the top in the biggest series. You know, what's the next mountain for him to climb? That he's getting six hundred. He's played the Ashes. Like, is he going to make it down under? He's got a young family now. There's loads of reasons he could put together to say, "Look, I understand." But I was I was still shocked when he when he yeah. told us and and um, yeah. a little bit sad to be honest because like you know you play for so long with these people in the dressing room you get to know them um, you, you get to know how special it is to play on the field with them as a fellow fast bowler you know you get in the trenches with each other when it's hard when it's difficult when there's not much happening you, you know talking trying things um, ultra respect there you know as him as a as a cricketer um, and. Missy's little stuff on like football manager, the nervousness we've both got before we're back. There's millions of things <laughs> I could gone through with Brody. I mean, thinking of India when we're rooming right next to each other, and I could hear every the walls were that thin. I could hear every conversation he was ha- having, um, including one video that is that one that goes, "It's Friday then." He played <laughs> that every Friday if we were in India, and I could hear it through the wall every Friday. I actually got to the point where I wake one Friday thinking, "Is he going to play that song?" Just so I can hear him play it. So loads of great memories on. That's awesome. class. That's so good. It was it was a great, just an unbelievable way to to kind of finish things off. You know what though? I mean, Chris and I on the last podcast we did, we had quite a cathartic experience. We basically just whinged about the weather for about mm, twenty yeah. minutes and, and how annoying it was and 
rules of cricket and God knows whatever. I mean, actually, I, can't, I actually listened to it back the other day, Chris, and I thought, geez, we were, we were angry. Um, you, <laughs> you guys didn't come across like that, though. I mean, I mean, obviously, you would have been gutted. Like, you don't mm. even, you know, it goes without saying. Um, but it kind of, you know, I know they're taking the, well, they're not taking the urn back with them, they're taking the replica urn back with them. But you know what I mean? It, it, I know it, they retain the ashes and all that, but it perhaps doesn't, I mean, it doesn't feel like that to me. It doesn't feel like that to Chris. It certainly didn't feel like that on Monday. Um, for you guys, I mean, you couldn't have really have done anything else there, could you? I think we well, maybe could have started better, but that's not the that's not the sort of way that the team think. Um, you know, Stokes and McCullum is never to regret or look back. It's always about looking forward. Um, when we're 2 0 down, we knew that we had to win the last three games. I'm pretty sure if the weather hadn't have come, you know, the, those last three games would have been wins for England. So it's a shame that the weather did come across, but that's part of the game. You know, it kind of kind of helped the weather. Kind of can't do anything about it. We played a, a great game up until that moment. Um, you know, there's been times where certainly I've been playing for England. I've prayed for weather myself, and we're up against it. Um, and you're doing rain dances in the dressing room and, and you know, opening your curtains and 40 degree heat thinking, please just one drop of rain, like give her a session break or anything yeah. like that to try and help the game. So um, it's part and parcel of what happens. And, um, you know, I think when I look at the series, the score could have been so different. You know, we could have ended up being 4-1 winners. We could have won 5-0. Now, Australia, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, Australia will say that they had moments where they could have pipped it. So I think looking through England sort of rose-tinted glasses, I think a lot of the games we dictated the play or we felt we dictated the play. Um, Australia hung on in there. They obviously did well. They're, they're a fantastic side. Um, but I think like overall in the series, the feeling from our camp was that we played some great cricket and, and dictated the games. And um, if we maybe, you know, things had gone slightly differently, again, not looking back, because that's not what the camp wants to do, but... Um, if we'd done things maybe slightly different, then the result might have been totally different altogether. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would. Not, not yeah. just not just slightly different. I'm not talking about the weather in winning three two. I'm talking about if things are slightly different. Edge Baston, you know, if that Stokes yeah. catches as a centimeter lower, you know, or if yeah. um, if it lords, we, we get away with um, one hits the gap instead. I mean, that's cricket in general, but it could easily have been, you know. 4-0 or 4-1 or 5-0. Like, these are just the fine markings of the game. It was like game-defining moment after game-defining moment, wasn't it? But, mm. I mean, look, it was uh, awesome. We absolutely loved it. So, you know, as, as fans, as, as watchers, I mean, how much did we love it, Chris? It, like, swept, oh. genuinely swept the nation. I know that you guys, you you get a bit of a sense of that, but actually, you know, you're kind of in your bubble, you're doing your own thing, and, and you know... No, you're no, really, I've had random people oh. on the street, and I never normally get bothered. And I've had random people on the street saying how good it was and how much they enjoyed it. And people saying it was they've never watched cricket and they've been right into it. So I totally agree with you in that sense, and that it's, it seems to have been hyped more than yeah. previously, or more than I mean, sometimes when I play for England or even a big one day stuff and 2020 and stuff, you might get the odd person, but this felt like this summer it was like every literally everywhere we went, those people stopped and went to say good luck or what a great game or well done or. or the, how much they're enjoying the series and things like that. So I definitely have felt it more this series than than previously. Yeah. 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 You could tell it just had that sense, that sense of 05 again. 
just that crazy sense of like the nation was swept by it. No other major sporting competition going on at the time. Front page, back page. Oh, it was great. Real, real good experience. I for, think from um, for a, the like fans an appetite well. point of view, Australia weren't satisfied. I know they've gotten the earn, but they didn't. They didn't over celebrate the end. We weren't satisfied because we were like, oh, we we were so close. We felt like we've done this and done that. Like we we you know dominated a couple of games. We felt like we should have it. So I don't think either team really has left it feeling that satisfied. I think both teams will feel they could have won or they could have done more. Um, it, it's sort of like you just want, like we were like, right, well, more games, we want more matches. Like, let's yeah. go, like, let's keep it going. Like, there's loads of the summer left. Let's just keep playing. Um, so I think both teams <laughs> just sort of felt like, like probably One not more. fully into it. Like Australia, like, lifted the urn, and, um, but there wasn't like a, a massive over-celebration. No. Us as well, like we were thinking, come on, like oh, this has been so good, we want to keep it going. So I think both teams in general haven't felt that sort of, I guess, that the, the hunger for, for the Ashes has been fulfilled, really. Yeah. Hey, well, it sets it up nicely for next time around uh, when you'll be steaming in bowling rockets. Definitely. I'll, I'll certainly uh, be trying. <laughs> good, man. good man. One, one thing I, I wonder whether you'll be doing or not, though, Woody, is Greg, you mentioned Barmy Bingo earlier. We've always, me and Greg, you've said, like, who's your dream host for Barmy Bingo? Like, and it always comes back to you. You would absolutely lap it up. So one day, maybe maybe on your swan song, can you come and host a Barmy Bingo for us? Absolutely. I'll come any anytime you want us, lads. I'll be there. That'd be class. You'd actually love it as well. I think you, you would really quite enjoy it. Um, particularly since your song, the Shake It Up Woody song, just seems to drag the evening on. <laughs> a bit longer and longer because people just sing it ad infinitum. So that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I like, I like, when I get back to me, Mark, sometimes I, I rush trying to get back to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I think like, quick, I've got to turn, run, run, run. <laughs> um, yeah. So it depends. I, sometimes I think it's the, sometimes if I'm, if I'm close to me, Mark, it's, uh, uh, check it up. And then if I'm miles away, it's, Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're like, hurry up! I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get back. The, the lads are stuck. He's like, what do you think about this field? I'm like, no, no, the song, man. I gotta get back. It's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right. We'll try and time it better next time. <laughs> um, Woody, we've kept you for long enough, mate. Thanks so much for talking to us. Great to talk to you. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Enjoy your rest period if there is such a thing. Thanks, legends. Thanks for all the support. Top man. Podcast Network.